Hi there, and welcome to my podcast, Job Shadow with Jody Boggess, where I interview professionals and ask the sorts of questions you may be wondering about their job, their career path, and words of wisdom along the way. Wondering what a career in civil engineering might be like? By the way, hot field right now. Even if you don't have aspirations to be a civil engineer, I think you will gain great insight for your own career readiness preparation. In this episode, I had the awesome opportunity to speak with Taylor Snow, a civil engineering graduate at Michigan State University. Yes, he shares about his career, but even more importantly, he shares the type of skills and character traits that he feels best foster success, leadership, communication, being coachable, and having a desire to plant roots and grow. I especially love that last piece, plant roots and grow. That just may be the key to launching your career. Happy listening. Taylor, thank you so much for joining me and sharing with me about your role and kind of your career path to get to the current role that you have. So currently I'm a senior project manager I work for HNTV Corporation. It's a a national civil engineering consultant firm, and I've been in the industry for just under 15 years now. Okay. So are you in a civil engineering role or is that your- Yeah, I'm I'm managing large- Yeah, managing large scale civil engineering programs currently. And kind of worked my way up through the ranks. I started off as like a an entry level design engineer, and then steadily took on more and more responsibilities. So it's been it's been quite the ride, but definitely definitely enjoyed it. It's a great profession. So you said about Mm -hmm. fifteen years to be where you're at now. What was your expectation when you first started? I don't know. I guess coming out of Michigan State University is where I went to school. I definitely wanted to work on large scale projects. Okay. And I actually thought I'd be out in the field more, like outside working on jobs and stuff like that. So I actually changed my major about midway through, probably just after my sophomore year from mechanical engineering to civil engineering because of that. I definitely got exposed to large scale projects, but I did not understand at the time that being on the design side of things, you're not really out in, in the field, you know, working on projects. It's still great work, but yeah, design engineering, you're working with teams in the office, coming up with different feasible designs to make that project, um, as effective as possible for transportation. So I work within the transportation industry, mainly designing highways and bridges. Okay. And so is starting in the design role a typical beginning point with a civil engineering degree? Yeah. Yeah. It's a typical beginning. I mean, within transportation, there's a lot of different avenues you could take. So design is one avenue you could work within construction where you actually are out, you know, boots on the ground in the field. There's traffic engineering, there's hydraulics, kind of water management that you get into as well. So I guess what I was looking for was to be a roadway and that's what I was hired on. I hired on with URS Corporation in Tampa, Florida. So it was a great, great job and definitely loved starting there in my career. I put together a lot of quantity calculation, digging into plan sets, trying to figure out, okay, how is this going to be, how many of this is it going to take such, such as, you know, 
pavement or you know removing existing pavement and stuff like that so it was a little mundane at times not gonna lie but as you kind of establish yourself and prove yourself to your your colleagues they give you more more and more better work i would say okay so, how did you go about establishing yourself and proving yourself i guess showing up every day i mean that's that's a large part of it if you're there present eager to learn you know, and just willing to take on new roles and challenges, I think is a big aspect of that. So asking questions goes a long way, trying to understand the ins and outs and not just doing what you're told, but understanding why you're doing what you're doing, you know, kind of trying to see that bigger picture is what I always tell younger, younger engineers coming up. So would definitely recommend that. So tell me about, so you're in the highways and bridges portion. Tell me about the traffic portion. So I started off as a road design engineer, and that is basically looking at the geometrics of a, a roadway or bridge. Okay. Trying to figure out, okay, how wide does it have to be? What's the vertical profile look like? How do you minimize impacts to the surrounding environment is a big piece of that. So you're okay. laying out basically the roadmap for the road, you know, as far as geometrics go. Traffic is focused more on the capacity of the roadway to serve all the motorists that are going to use it. So you're looking at traffic demands, future projections for that roadway, applying that to a model that you might develop. Synchros are a common one that's used. So you're trying to understand the movements that are currently going on. And then once the, the project is built, how that's going to improve things in the future. So when you um, go ahead. So, yeah, I was just going to say that's that's a big aspect of it. Right. Because that's why we're building the road is to improve the functionality of it, the the service life or level of service of that roadway for the public users that use it every day. I can't help but think of Atlanta traffic. <laughs> When you when you when you're describing this, I'm thinking, wow, that's that's got to be one of the biggest civil engineering challenges when it comes to traffic management and traffic design, and you know, that's a, a busy forecasting. Program. We travel that yearly, so yeah, I know all about that traffic. That's <laughs> a it's a big one. Yeah. Did you did you complete any internships or co-ops while you were in school? I did. Yeah. I worked for as an intern for the Michigan Department of Transportation. Okay. So MDOT, as it's called up here. And yeah, I started off as a, I actually was involved with their design engineering side of things and then also got into their permit side as well. So whenever someone wants to install, say, a driveway or a sidewalk or even a sign within the right of way, as it's called for, you know, within a roadway. That's basically the property that the state owns or local agency if it's a smaller roadway, but they need a permit to do that work. And so I would check their plans. I would go out after it's complete, make sure it met specs and all that. So that was actually, that was probably one of my best jobs ever, I would say, just traveling around northern Michigan. And it's, it's a pretty beautiful part of the country too. So definitely enjoyed that. That's exciting. So how, how many internships did you have? Uh, just the one. Did you yeah. complete that junior year into senior year or? Senior year. Yeah. Right, okay. right after my senior year. And then 
I kind of procrastinated a bit and went four and a half years in college. So ended up graduating then. But yeah, definitely wish I, I took on more internships, actually. Okay. That's a great way to get your feet wet, not only to understand if you might like uh, a certain profession, but as you know, your employer takes notice of the good work you do too. So it's a great in when you go to look for a full-time job after after graduating. Absolutely. So I definitely Absolutely. recommend that. So what's your favorite part about this field? That's a good question. I would say the favorite part is seeing what you design actually built and saying, oh yeah, I had, look at that road or that bridge over there. I had a, a part in that, you know, I worked with a great team and we came up with a great functional design that's, that's serving the public now. And I mean, these facilities last a long time. You got bridges that are designed to last 75 years and roadways designed to last, you know, 25 years in some cases. So they hang around a while and you're always able to, to kind of show that off to, to other people, you know, that, that you might talk to and just say, Hey, I had a part in that. So it's pretty cool to say. Can you share an example of one? Oh, that's a good example. Worked on a lot of projects. So I guess just a local one up here, M123 in Muskegon, I worked on. It's kind okay. of a, a little urban arterial roadway. And then it, it gets to be more rural further to the east. But I actually mentored a drainage engineer that was working on that job. And it was great to, to kind of see him work and problem solve through the whole design process and I'd check his work, you know, and, and say, yeah, maybe look at this, look at that. It looks good type of thing. And it was a great, a great experience. I was actually the first time I mentored someone. So kind of seeing him, you know, go through that process and understand the ins and outs of design and, and helping him along in his career was pretty cool to see. And then I saw it got built and it, it turned out to be a great project. So that uh, it really served that community well. That's great. Is it typical it, to have a mentor in your field or is that kind of specific with your company? We try to do that in our, our current company quite a bit. Actually, okay. there's a, a heavy focus in mentorship and it's actually one of our 17 leadership characteristics is developing others. So I'm always looking for, you know, less experienced staff to kind of take under my wing and show them the ropes, if you will, on how to go about designing great projects. So I really enjoy that, that side of things. And, you know, I, I feel like there's a lot of talent coming up and it's really hard to find good talent right now. So if you apply yourself and, and what you learn in college and it, it doesn't take long for employers to see the good, the good ones, I'll, I'll say, you know, for up and coming engineers that, that want to get into the industry and and uh, are passionate about it so well on that uh, cool. so on, on that note what skills or characteristics would you say make a talented civil engineer so hntb has a, a very high standard and we talk about it all the time i'm a, a former people manager i don't do that now i'm more of a project manager but back when i was managing people we would look for students that were passionate, showed leadership skills, such as being a good communicator was an easy one to pick up right away that were coachable. And, and it, you know, you could see they were interested in the field. It wasn't just kind of a, a job they were seeking. They wanted to 
plant some roots and, and really grow that into a career. So that went a long way. So yeah, those would probably be the main things. No, that's good. I think it's, I always like to ask that question because I think it's really important for students to know what's expected of them and what mm -hmm. can help them stand apart from their peers. And yep. Yeah. And I think as you, uh, as you get in the door and start to try to establish yourself, if you go above and beyond that gets noticed, you know, if, if you do the bare minimum, that also gets noticed, you know? So if you want to accelerate your career, I would say early on volunteer for those extra roles, we call, we wear multiple hats is what we say at, at HNTB, meaning we do our day job, but we're also involved with, say, recruiting or marketing or, you know, other aspects of the consulting business. So if you can get into a role that you're doing more than you need to, that certainly goes a long way and, and you'll be rewarded for it. Excellent. So. Excellent advice. It sounds like you spend a lot of your time collaborating with a team. Yeah, I would say there's varying degrees of it. I mean, in no... Uh, role that I've been in in civil engineering have I ever worked alone I'll just okay. say that and I've worked in quite a few different aspects I've worked on the the private sector the public sector for large consulting firms small consulting firms you know so but it does vary you know when I was working for a, a smaller consulting firm you did more because you just had to there weren't weren't as many people on your team and you kind of had to pick up, say, drainage engineering for a project and and learn that, you know, through mentorship and asking questions and, and doing your own research, quite frankly, you know, kind of helping yourself out. So, um, so that's something to think about when you're looking for a job is, do I want to work in a small firm, large firm, small agency, if you're on the the public side, large agency, because you might get exposed to more if you're on the smaller side. Now, working for a larger firm, you you have more resources. So you you have more teammates you need to collaborate with. So I feel like the team aspect and collaboration piece you get better at maybe with the, the larger firm setup, but you also become more of an expert in your chosen field. So that's one thing I would, I would actually be aware of is if you want to, like starting off in your career, the, if you were to ask me what's the best single piece of advice I could give is to get as much versatile experience as possible. Meaning okay. if, if you're interested in transportation engineering, don't just get stuck doing roadway design engineering or bridge design or traffic engineering or drainage, do all of it. Try to, you know, look for ways to get exposed to all of it because in the end, people that move up the ranks start to become project managers. And so as a project manager, you need to understand what, you know, all aspects of every discipline and how a, a whole complete project comes together. And the best way to do that is having done that yourself, you know, so definitely would stress versatile experience and yeah, there's always going to be teams to work with. So yes, you are going to have to work with people you don't like all the time. So you got to get over that. You got to figure out a way to make that happen and look for commonalities and, and align goals with, within you and your teammates to, to kind of help through that. So. 
That's great. I had a question about trends in your industry. What are the current trends right now? What do you see coming down the pipeline? Anything, you know, just kind of anything stands out to you? Yeah. One big one, electric vehicles is a big one. You're hearing a lot about electric vehicles and how they're being, the technology is just taking off, you know? So now we're having to to look at and try to help our clients out with, okay, how are we going to charge these things in the future? You know, what regulations do we need to enact or overcome, you know, that's preventing us from installing large scale charging networks or roadways that are more EV based, you know, to, to help facilitate those, those types of cars. And how does that interact with current gas vehicles and still on the road and all that. So that's a realm of my industry. Granted, I'm not in that realm. I've just kind of heard about it from the outside, but that's definitely a big trend going on right now with with everything going on in the economy. So, you know, all these manufacturers are making more and more electric vehicles. It just seems that's that's the way of the future. So we'll see what happens. But other trends, I guess it's it's like I mentioned earlier, it's hard to find good talent. So if you do want to go into civil engineering, which I highly recommend, you're going to be highly sought after, you know, pay is at an all-time high. We're bringing on entry-level engineers at, at a pretty high starting salary. Definitely computer science and engineering are at the top of the pay scale. So yeah, just blows me away. Anytime I look, look into that stuff, you know, it's, it's growing like crazy, but it is it is for sure time to be a graduate yes yes it is for sure definitely and and so you know so speaking of that i hear so often that about talent wars and supply of talent and sometimes i always like to prep my students to not just assume that because there's a high demand for talent right now that that's a sure way in the door and also not to ease up on your efforts in finding your job that don't get lazy about it to continue to have your goals your career goals you know keep those in mind don't settle Mm -hmm. but also not to be overconfident and not assume that they have the job the minute they walk in the door right that's great advice i worry about that myself just seeing some of these applicants come in and because it's a great time right now economically, of course, yeah. and you know everyone's able to get a job right now, which is great. But I've also been on the other side of things, you know, during recessions and layoffs aren't pretty either. So it does swing both ways. So you gotta, yeah, stay hungry, you know, stay passionate, keep asking questions, keep trying to learn as much as you can. You know, it's it's gonna go a long way because not. Not all of your peers are doing that. So if you do that, that's a great way to get a, a leg up maybe on the competition. But Absolutely. So uh, when uh, when you're interviewing a candidate, what stands out that works in your favor with a candidate? Like what's something that they say that just really makes you think, wow, okay, this person's. I like, I like when people, I can tell people have done their homework. Not only about like the company, that's easy, right? To look up a company and look at their about section and read up a little bit. But if they've dug deep, they've studied, they can recite stats maybe about the company and 
when it was founded and all that, but then also understand the industry a little bit. And this is where internships might come in as a huge advantage if they can relay that to their past experience and say, oh yeah, I worked on this project and relate that to a question to kind of solidify their understanding of it and their response. I think that goes a long way. The other aspect too is a connection. You want to connect with your interviewers. It's okay to be personable. You don't have to be a robot, you know, kind of relax. I know it's high, high stress, you know, and some tough questions get asked, but try to be personable, relate to them. Humor goes a long way. You know, you don't want to be, you got to kind of walk that fine line. You know, you don't want to be goofy, but you know, make people laugh a little bit. They'll remember you for sure. So be, be memorable in your interview is, you know, what I would suggest. Memorable and relatable. Exactly. Yeah. And any organizations or events that students should consider participating in to kind of prepare themselves for this field? Yep. So if you want to go into civil engineering, I would recommend Society of Civil Engineers, ASCE. Okay. I'm currently a member of that. It's one of the, probably the biggest professional organization for the field. And not just joining that, but seeking to be an active member or even a a board member gets you noticed. You know, civil engineering is a small field. Everyone knows everybody, even across state lines at times, there's a lot of committees, there's a lot of conferences and so forth. So the sooner you get your name out there, people are, even if it's a young member group, people are going to recognize, oh yeah, he's the president of this young member group. And it's going to do nothing but, but benefit your career. It also um, demonstrates some good leadership too. It does. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. So yeah, if you want to demonstrate that on high, you know, just highly recommend being a board member. You're, you're helping to manage that organization's budget perhaps, or organize events to get more people active and participating. And it just goes, goes a long way for sure throughout your career. That's good. Have you been a member of that since you graduated? I joined after I graduated. They definitely had it at Michigan State. And I I do wish I joined earlier in that organization. But there's different chapters and sections that that you can become a member of. So, yeah, I joined shortly after I graduated. Well, that's good to know. And that's really good to recommend to students. But Mm -hmm. um, because maybe there's someone listening that isn't aware of it. Lastly, I always like to ask any book recommendations that felt like were a game changer for you. That is a great question. One book that, and it's more like I've read a lot of leadership books, one that stuck with me. I mean, there's the seven habits of, um, highly effective. What is it? Franklin Stephen Covey. Yeah. I'm sorry. So that, that is one, it's a good leadership book, but I would say that the best one that I've read, and it's the most recent one actually, is Getting to Yes. It's a negotiation book. It just teaches you how negotiations happen, how to prep for them, what to say, what not to say, what your approach should be. And when you get to a level where you're negotiating maybe even multi-million dollar contracts for your company, those are great skills to have. It also works well with your teammates too. You know, negotiating can be a part of everyday life actually. So even with your family, so. That it is. (laughs) 
it has applied to more more facets of my life than I initially thought it would. <laughs> well, and, and think too, just like negotiating college period, right? And team and group projects, right? So yeah. those are those yeah. are great recommendations. I always like to hear what books everybody enjoys reading and kind of what stuck with them the most. But yeah. any anything else you would add? I, I think you've provided some really good insight and some great wisdom. Yeah. One thing with recruiting, if you're trying to kind of expose yourself to more employers, attend career fairs. Those are great ways, of course, to to get your name out there. Don't be afraid to go up and say hi, you know, maybe print a resume and give it to them. After interviews too, I would recommend writing, handwriting, thank you cards back to your, your interviewers. I think the the personal handwritten note touch goes a long way. So just a couple, I guess, tips for, for getting hired at a great company. So I know it's competitive. I like that. And so with the handwritten thank you, it's important that you, that the student get the appropriate contact information. So it's okay to ask for a business card. If they don't have a business card, it's okay to ask what would be a good way for me to get a hold of you. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. I get I get asked a lot for business cards, and that's usually a good sign that that they're on the right track as an interviewee. So I do like that. Well, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. I may pick your brain down the road a little bit more if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah, anytime, but. Jody, for sure. Thank you for the offer to be on your podcast. Thank you for giving this episode a listen. I hope you enjoyed it. Ready to launch your own career? Connect with me on my website, jodybogus.com or on Instagram at jodybogus underscore careers, where I will equip you with job-winning tools and strategies. 